How does finding the right book in a prison library lead one man to directing over 1,000 music videos? Right place, right time? Hey, I'm Mike. And I'm Lance. And you are listening to Right Place, Right Time. Um, we are barely here. I'm going to be honest. When you kicked it off right after the music, it took me a second. <laughs> I, I was lagging. I think I had the rainbow wheel going for a minute. <laughs> yeah, we're barely functioning today because we uh, practice what we preach. Yes. Last yes. night, we, were, uh, we had an offer to go to a very uh, strange and sort of exciting thing. Um, and uh, believe me, the effort that it required for me to physically get <laughs> to this fucking thing was intense. Um, but um, uh, our buddy uh, invited us over to a uh, Golden Globes after party last night. Yes, which is very cool to me because I, I grew up watching all the award show ceremonies. And so now living in Hollywood where I could literally walk to this event i was like oh this is the shit yeah because like you see the premieres all the time and the events at the chinese theater now having this this thing down the street from me. i was like oh this is so cool i have to go to this yeah 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 so yeah. our buddy tyler who you guys know him he's been on the show uh i forget what episode it was but tyler's the actor that used to be the uh nhl player mm -hmm. and then is an actor he's a great guy he's been to a bunch of our stuff and i randomly got a uh text from him saying hey uh he was hosting this mm -hmm. golden globes party and he's like do you want to go to golden golden globe party and i was like there's a <clears throat> i have that moment right where mm -hmm. you're comfortable out here and i was like yeah i don't know you know i don't know if i want to get my ass up and then i went mm -hmm. oh wait a minute this is one of those things yep. this is one of those moments this is the moment i gotta get my ass up and believe me it was a pain in the balls because then he goes uh it's a black tie event and yeah. i'm still in covid mode i don't have fucking i don't have a suit I've like my waistline's gone up like <laughs> three or four different sizes. And so suddenly I got the text from him on Friday and I, we, the thing was last night, which we're recording this. I don't know what fucking today's date Monday. is. Mon is today Monday? Yeah. No. Is it Monday? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Welcome to the real world. <laughs> so yeah, it was Sunday. It was Sunday night. And so I had to get a suit. Mm -hmm. And I tried to get a suit that was tailored and a suit to fit me nice. Because if there was a red carpet thing, I don't want to look like, you know. You were sharp, man. Yeah. I, I was, yeah. The big fear is I don't want to go to big and tall like, you like the way you look. Bullshit. I don't yeah. want to be that guy <laughs> that walks in there where it's just like, that's Mike. He uh, digs holes. And every once in a while, he needs a suit. And he's wearing that suit. Yeah. You know, it's too big. No, you had, you had your Reservoir Dogs Men in Black thing going on. Yeah, yeah. So I got the suit. But it took a lot of effort. Gina had to drag me out. And we... Went around and found a suit, which uh, I'm going to fucking return because it's too small. <laughs> but anyway, it was a long process to get me to, to do this. And I'm happy mm -hmm. we did because. Yeah, very happy. Yeah. I actually had, uh, I, I would say, uh, and to keep it brief, but a, a right place, right time moment last night. Oh. where Because I think you guys had actually ended up bumping into um, a lady in line. Uh, I'll leave her name out for 
for the sake of it, but uh, she ended up, was actually a casting director. That's right. And when you guys came upstairs to where we were at, her and I got to talking. Uh, it was a very cool conversation. I think as an actor, having conversations with casting directors, it's it can be very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. sometimes intimidating. Uh, and it was she was incredibly gracious, very kind. Uh, I'm very eager to want to uh, get into that room and go, let's see what you got. Come in, come read something. Let's, let's you know, let's mm-hmm. let's b- b- form this relationship, uh, which I think is a lot of times gets overlooked. Everyone says, no, 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 you got to get a rep and that's, that's the path. There's a path to go. Um, but so I think getting to talk to a casting director and having someone that was interested in forming that bond mm-hmm. uh, and going, this is about just the craft and the work of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see what you got was really exciting. And, all just because I said, you know, fuck it, let's get dressed, let's walk down the street, let's go to the thing and see what happens. It's because you look good in your vest last night. You had that oh, the fucking suit was great. Yeah, man. you, you looked sexy I was ready. last night. You I was ready. That was my James Bond look. Yeah. And she was like, you know, she was on her own. She yep. was a little. She was looking for a friend. She was looking to hang out. And you yep. were looking good. Man. I said, hey, about to get, he was about to get me too. <laughs> Yeah, later for that uh, art and craft stuff. It's about getting me too. <laughs> okay, so the voice that you're hearing. <laughs> I don't know a better way to introduce you. Than that. that was great. <laughs> so uh, we are joined in studio today by an old buddy of mine, uh, uh, Dale Rage. Rest, rest, what is it? Restagini? Restagini. I'm an asshole. Uh, but Dale and I have been friends for a while, and uh, he's been on the show before. Dale has been like the guy when it comes to music videos like how many music videos at this point have you done it's actually over a, over a thousand unfortunately but yeah you're jesus christ over yeah. a thousand music wow. videos and you he's done everybody like everybody from the hip-hop world everybody from the metal world everybody from the rock world like um are you still doing them these days yeah i actually just did like a Corey taylor music video That's for right. his lead single i did a couple for five finger death punch did a couple for soldier boy um so i'm still pretty and i'm actually asked to, i'm supposed to do this one with Tiger featuring Lil Wayne. So I got my uh, my friends and families that always call me because yeah. they want something done, they want it done mm-hmm. right. Uh, because there's so much, you know, tracanery and, and, and uh, uh, fakeness going on in the world of, of, mm-hmm. of production and content, videos or labels and, and people that want to hire somebody, they look on somebody's Instagram page and they think yeah. they, because they got a camera picture, they think that this guy or girl knows mm-hmm. what they're doing and then they spend 30, 40 grand and they get, they get shellacked and they say, oh, Hold on a sec, Dale. I'm sorry, that mic cable is being a bitch right now. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, hold on. Make sure that cable's in the back of that microphone. Yeah, oh, take, take that. There you go. I'll run this one. There you go, bub. Oh, we're going to swap them out? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. stand by. We're doing a little technical stuff here. Yeah. All right, so Dale, check, 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 check. Pull that right into you, buddy. Check, 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 check. check, check. One, two, one, two, one, two. There we go. And I'm not cutting this out. I like all this tech stuff. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. So, so long story short, I do music videos. Um, uh, until I don't have to and uh, when I get calls for a lot of them that really don't inspire me creatively or, or financially I pass them off to up-and-comers that I know are good up-and-comers you know yeah. there's a lot of up and com- I mean out of 10 maybe two are good and maybe one will do it because I suggest that they do it because a lot of these young kids they think that they're Spielberg and Scorsese already <laughs> and they want like well this is my rate and I'm like what are you talking like what I did my first 20 music videos for free or losing money just to get in the game yeah these kids think because I invested in the camera and um and some filters and some after effects uh packages that you know and some, some loots they think okay well this is my rate well no yeah. dude sorry out i think a lot of i mean i think a lot of people don't realize that uh 
part of, I think a big portion of being a good music video director or director in general is your relationships and having the ability to have relationships. And it isn't just going like, look, because who gives a fuck? Coverage is coverage. You shoot coverage in a room, you shoot coverage in a space. There's a guy playing guitar. There's a like a certain amount of ways you can shoot a guy playing sure, guitar. Yeah. But it's that relationship. It's getting that artist to trust you. It's getting yeah. that artist to like really open up and believe in what's happening and getting that solid performance. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that comes from fucking experience and that comes from time. Well, and- well, you know, we come from an era, you and I and our peers, uh, you know, I can name a bunch of them. Um, but we come from a time when we shot on film and mm-hmm. when you were down, if your if your independent budget only let you have 10 rows of 16 or, uh, uh, or eight rows of 35, you know, that 35, um, a roll of film only had you only got you like four minutes mm-hmm. and then the roll of 16 got you like 10 minutes. So, you know, once you were down the last two rows of film, that was it. You couldn't go to the store and go get some, some more memory or a hard drive. It was mm-hmm. like, once you heard that mm-hmm. roll up, it was a wrap. <laughs> so that was called, I didn't know it at the time, but that was called shooting to edit. Mm-hmm. It's in my head. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have, you know, on those kinds of budgets, you didn't have time to sit and storyboard every little shot because there was just so many unknown variables on these independent rock and metal shoots with locations falling through and, you know, power and generators. And it's it was nightmare. just, it was a nightmare. But it was a beautiful nightmare. So yeah, yeah. I, I love it. So these young kids, they don't understand how we do what we do still yeah. when we did what we did because they have, you know, hard drives and, HD cameras where you just plug in, you can shoot forever. So we understand what coverage is versus just shooting forever. Yeah, no, exactly, dude, exactly. And, you know, before we get into the right place, right time stuff, um, I think that when it comes to doing, especially these days, when it comes to doing music videos, like, it's not even fucking worth it. Like there, there hits a point, like the only reason why you're doing it is because you like the people that you're working with, you know, it's going to be a great experience <clears throat> and you have to be real clever on how you're going to make money at all at this fucking point. Well, you know what I, I we talked to, I, I would use, I'll ask you to check out later that Corey Taylor music video that I just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called beyond. Mm-hmm. And what happened was this, it was like Corey had wanted to shoot a music video at this, at the abandoned water park near Bakersfield. It's like two hours from Vegas, two hours from LA. Mm-hmm. And he'd make this drive for, for many, many years. And he finally said, I want to do this video there. I was the guy they picked. And the budget was like, a, it started out like 75 or 80, ended mm-hmm. up going to like 150. He was covering the other the other part of it. Mm-hmm. And there was only way to, to achieve what he wanted to achieve. So, and I knew the right exact people to call to, to do, you know, do you know Jacob Owens? Mm, the name is for Jacob her. Owens has uh, Buff Nerds Media. He's got the lens prism effects. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. he has a lot of cool stuff. He was somebody who I helped mentor when he was first getting into the game. And mm-hmm. he's a different kind of filmmaker who has mastered his world. And we're great friends. Uh, I know his wife, his kids, his partner, Tom Topher, is a great DP. Uh, and so I knew I needed six cameras to cover what I needed to get done inside of 12 hours or less. Mm-hmm. We had over 500 background. I had a 120 person crew. I had basically hired DPs uh, that I've worked with before to manage a specific, one specific duty that day. Yeah. And some of the people were like, they were like trying to figure out, like, even though I was with a camera, I knew I could trust my B, C, D, and E and and my my specialty guy to do what they needed to do. Sure. All the way down to the end of the shoot where we had the master performance at dusk 
with lights on dimmers with our mm. crowd with Corey and the band inside like this old skateboard um i mean this old water park uh uh in, in, inlet area yeah and sure enough they were like uh the label was like and, and and the managers were like how did we finish this in 12 hours or less and mm. then they see the video like oh my god every single shot that you said get the guy's feet here get all the other Corey's here get this like it was like a that's some fucking Ridley mm-hmm. Scott shit right there. Well, it, yeah, I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that, but it's like you only get that because, yeah, yeah. you know, it's yeah. things like I storyboard in my head because I just, it's math to me. It's like mm-hmm. a, it's a visual mm-hmm. puzzle mm-hmm. that I know what needs to get done. I was doing an Unearthed video in 2004 called The Great Dividers. It was a six, no, it was a $4,000 music video. I shot on six rows of 35, which was, in, you <laughs> know, and so in most cases when you're shooting film, your AC, if there was like, 30 feet left over the mag, they just strip it and shred it. I said, no, 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 that 30 feet is literally a slow motion drum yeah. hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And things like that. And I knew with one roll of film, I needed to get uh, Trevor, the singer. Um, in 35, you could push in maybe 30% before it got a little grainy. Yeah. So I would shoot him like in a, in a, in a mid. No one had that. I could, I could just cheat in for a close-up, right? Yep. yep. And so... Um, yeah, and then the narrative was all these kids wearing tapes, tape over their mouths and going crazy. So we shot that at like, like thirty six to get a little slow motion vibe and mm-hmm. six rolls of film and and I hi- and I had no money for lights. So what I did was I rented those highway construction lights. <laughs> I used those. Uh-huh. I offered a really cool blinding. You know, we had a star filter on the on the. Yeah. Uh, my DP was Cliff Charles for that video. He shot. Now he shoots a lot of big TV stuff and was for uh, Ivor Devaney and whatnot. So. Um, that's yeah, cool man yeah so so shooting to edit you know in your head and knowing how much time you have whether it's six cameras or one camera 500 background 30 background 100 person crew four person crew you know mm. you just you just get it done yeah dude well, that's something yeah. I noticed you said I think it's important you talked about the people that you brought on were people that you worked with guys and gals that you liked and I think part of that comes from right, being around those people and going ah they fucking love the thing they do I want to. I want them to come work with me and, and, and do the thing they love yeah and so there's another term I use quite a bit and it made zero sense to me in high school because I had I was horrible at math mm. but the term unknown variable mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. math like it applies to life because oh, yeah. I know for a fact that I want everybody down to the PA that as much as I can possibly control I want everybody that that, that is on that set somebody I've worked with before yeah. mm-hmm. because God forbid if there's something going to go wrong that day on set it's, it's I guarantee you it'll be that one thing that you weren't quite sure about mm-hmm. yeah. so if talent needs to be picked up at the airport and the PA you normally like to use is unavailable so they brought Jason in from Iowa who just got into town yeah, yeah. and then yeah. suddenly I guarantee you two hours later hey Dale there's a problem I know right away what the problem is yeah. Jason from Iowa crashed the truck <laughs> with talent inside now we're two hours behind I guarantee that's exactly what that is it feels like you're pulling from a memory a little bit uh, it's well, a lot of those memories it's all, it's, it's all trauma that's yeah, what this yeah, business yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. next time this motherfucker you know you're always saying that yeah. like, next time and then you, you go into a client meeting with that trauma and you go I sure as shit mm. I'm not dealing with this shit mm. with you too yeah, you know? yeah, yeah 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 but um anyway so this show we're all about right place right time right and so what lance and i have two different perspectives on this yeah. right so lance yeah. has got the positive perspective on this optimism and i have this sort of cynical east coast perspective on this thing right and so uh you know we're always hearing look it's you got to be the right place right time mm-hmm. or like you know i was able to get this picture deal because i got on an elevator with this dude and i was in the right place right time yeah 
Um, so I guess I'm going to ask you, because you've been doing some crazy shit for some fucking time at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, do you have a right place, right time story that comes to Yeah, mind? you know what? Um, the, 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 I have a real specific, absolute, like, five-star Grand Slam home run version of a right place, right time. All right. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, and... Um, uh, but before I go into that, I will say that there's a lot of those... I think it's right time, right time, uh, right moment, uh, right place, right time, right, right place, right time moments. But like, they just don't end up turning out that way <laughs> for any number of different reasons, whether yeah. it's nepotism, politics, uh, uh, you know, hate, just uh, envy, all kinds of things come into, mm -hmm. into play. Um, especially in the, in the film business, music video mm -hmm. business, yeah. uh, yeah. even commercials. I, like I was never a guy that aspired to do commercials, even though I, I had a few people want to rep me. It just, just one of I just making, Three, I wake it making a 30 second or a minute commercial as, as exciting as it is visually to me. I just wanted to get right to, I want to make like you know, mm -hmm. 90 minute, two, two hour gladiators, like that's what I want to do. Yeah. And so, I was using music videos as a, as a vehicle to get there after doing an independent film that kind of got me on the road. Mm -hmm. I was pulled into music videos, and that was right around the time with Steve Carr, Brett Ratner, Paul Hunter, mm -hmm. where literally going from high end music videos to. To, to feature films, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. A few crashed and burned, a few made it. But right around when I was up escalating to that point, that's when that, that kind of world just kind of exactly. went away. Exactly, yeah, because I was right there right after yeah, yeah, that yeah. same period. Yeah. But, but still always just like almost there. Yeah. But specifically for me, um, uh, my humble success, I can attribute to just being like an absolute relentless maniac, right? <laughs> and just like you got to pull a, put a bullet in my head to stop me from doing anything I want to mm. do. Because before I, my first music video I ever did, I was, I think I was 20, was I, I was like, I was 32. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, because I had a crazy life growing up. Went to jail and prison a few times. Uh, so by the time I got going, I was like, you know, a grown man who's been through a bunch of shit, right? Yeah, yeah. So when I was sitting in offices with commissioners who were sitting there with their bow ties and their legs crossed in LA saying, well, Dale, you know, this is how we do things here. I'm like, just, just, just talk, 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 talk. Right. And I, I had a reputation. By the time I got to that point where I was meeting the commissioners of being signed by FM Rocks, which was the go-to music video production company at the time, yeah. um, I had already been like just pounding the ground, just getting a lot of just yeah. I was getting so much uh, heat because I was just doing all these mixtape videos and these rock videos and mm -hmm. just being relentless and and um, I was getting a reputation for being able to do you know uh, 200k videos for like 60 grand. So FM mm -hmm. Rocks, these companies were like they were fearful of wait, we got to get this guy because he's making us look bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, I won't give the names of the people, that, but they, at one point when I was signed to FM Rocks, and again, people can probably research and find out who was at FM Rocks, but I'm not going <laughs> to give their names. They were showing me a, an example of a video saying, Dale, this is what we do here. Mind you, I walk in the office and there's like exotic furniture from all over the world. There's a chef in the back making all this amazing food. I'm like, wow, who's paying for this? It's just like when you go to Company 3 for the first time, same mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And... And so they, I'm impressed with all this stuff. And so finally they show me this video that, that they want to impress me with. And like, Dale, this is what we want you to do here. So they show me this music video. I won't give the director's name or the artist's name, but it's just a bunch of rappers on a rooftop inside a chain link fence. That's it. That's it. And they're yeah. like, this, yeah. is, this, is, this is 175. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like dumbfounded. Because to me, that's like 12K. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And so, exactly. The, so, and I'm doing videos for like, 80k 60k that look like 
you know, mm-hmm. $400,000 videos. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like the threat I represented to them in that whole world. I mean, it was impending doom anyways. We all knew what was going to happen, eventually happen anyways. Mm-hmm. But it was around that time when I could put on and end up just maintaining my relentless passion for mm-hmm. pursuing my goals of getting to, 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 to movies. Mm-hmm. Music videos were just a, 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 a learning process. It was, I would get to meet all kinds of new DPs and, and, and creatives. And I get to, when I first started doing music videos, I knew nothing about, because it was after I did my first film, mm-hmm. that had Redman in it and Billy Porter in it and some other people in it. I didn't know nothing about like lenses and, and, mm-hmm. and lighting. And, and I just lo- relied on my DPs and, after 15, 20, 30 videos, you know, I can light now. I, I'm a, mm-hmm. you know, I, as much as I, I, if I needed to, and I've done it before. So, yeah. so well, it's smart. You're, you're, you're aware of what's happening around mm-hmm. you and you're, you're taking note and you're learning and you're, right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, negative fill, fill, you know, mm-hmm. just w- whatever the terminology was with, with lenses and camera or lighting dealing with, with, the, with, with the, with the grips and electrics and, and movement of camera, whatnot. Mm-hmm. It, those first 100, 200 videos, kind of got me to where I'm at. Sure. That's the education. Yeah. So I was crushing it in rock and metal and hardcore. And I wanted to make that transition into hip hop. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in 2003, four, well, my first music video was 2003. Uh, It was for a song called Perseverance Mm. uh, for for Hate Breed. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and it was kind of an atomic bomb that went off in in the in Headbangers Ballland because mm-hmm. a lot of, at 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 that point in time that version of Headbangers Ball hard rock and metal were like looked at as like mm-hmm. nothing I mean there was just mm-hmm. a lot of cheap videos being done mm-hmm. I mean horrible respectfully yeah, horribly but, but ambitious stuff. videos that weren't shot on any good format they were mm-hmm. shot on video cameras and just you know mostly you know not great stuff so when I dropped that video for 20 grand, shot on 16, and brutally cold weather in New Jersey. It was like, wow. And Josta was one of my biggest advocates, and he put me on with a lot of different bands, and I just kind of took off from there, right? And I was learning, I was crushing, and just, I was like, okay, I finally found my lane in life, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I hated nine to five jobs, I couldn't do anything, I was bored, you know, after like two hours at anything. Mm-hmm. And just, so I was like, okay, this I can do. Mm-hmm. Because in entertainment, you know, you are your own best resource. Mm-hmm. You can work, for, you don't have to sleep and you can, like, I, I was like, I was going to outwork anybody that wanted to try to stop me. I knew mm-hmm. nobody could, after going through what I've gone through my life, I'm like, okay, this is it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was just had my head down. At one point, I was, me and Kim was on the road with me. Mm-hmm. We were doing videos for like Shadows Fall, Hate Breed, 100 Demons, um, uh, Dry Kill Logic, like three or four videos in a week. We had my crew, we had our trucks. You had we that were, reputation of being that dude that was just fucking pounding we, them We out were just it. shooting videos, dropping the film off at the lab and going to shoot more videos. And <laughs> it was, and that, because at the point in time, you had to shoot on film. There was a whole process. You would have to get it processed. Mm-hmm. You'd have to do a one light, editor would get the digibeta, he'd start editing and then you'd have to come back and cut. It was like, and you have to dat tape. It was a whole Holy cumbersome shit. process. Yeah. But it was, uh, it, it, it was fun. So, you know, after doing a bunch of those videos, yep. the politics started to happen because mm-hmm. I was doing, you know, these hardcore videos, these metal videos. And I remember I did a, so I, so I became aware of how the business worked. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to 
Oh, we're now we're now friends, and I've not worked with her in some time. But Kathy Pello, who has a company, um, I forget her company name. Um, uh, it was named after a, uh, an old English band. Mm. Uh, it'll it'll come to me in a second. But uh, I remember I sent her uh, uh, an email and and uh, some videos, and she says, "Oh, um, yeah." She goes, "You know, um, my our tastes are better than this." <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" So, wow. Wait, 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 wait. So she looked at your videos and she said, "We do better things than this." Yes, basically. yes. She goes, "Our our musical tastes are better than this." Uh huh. I was like, "Whoa!" I'm gonna show this bitch one day, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, and, and actually, wait. This is actually I didn't think it, I didn't think this was gonna come up, but actually, this is a good moment. So years and years and she actually was she was working at that point in time with a friend Lex Hallaby, who was a yep. director at the time. Yep. I think he's in commercials or something now. Um, but I was like, you know, and he did, like I did a Mudvayne video, he did a Mudvayne video. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my Mudvayne video was for a song called uh, Fucking Determined. Mm-hmm. So it was like shot in a club with like, you know, 400 kids say, yeah, fucking determined. You know, and it was just brutal, you know, yeah. it was just crazy. And Lex's video, I think he did for a song. It was like, somebody's in the field and like, you know, he's depressed, yes, he's walking yes, around. Yes, I remember and, that video. Right, right, right. Yes. So, yes. so um, you know, I, I, I guess a lot of times people looked at, me because my nickname was rage, rage. It was like i was gonna say dude your nickname was rage. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> so so um so anyway see your name and looks at your work and goes yeah you're a little you're a yeah, right right <laughs> and actually hold on to that because the story behind this so anyways like 10 years later mm-hmm. i she's now freelancing for some label and i was asked to do a music video for mayday parade uh-huh. and she's the commissioner mm-hmm. and so you know we've communicated since then you know of all cordial and cool stuff and um, on that Mayday Parade video, I had this idea about uh, shooting, because uh, there was a hot air balloon involved. Uh-huh. I had an idea. I had this idea about putting the band in the hot air balloon oh. and filming and make them silhouette. And she, and she walked up to me. She says, Dale, I have, to, I have to give it to you. She's like, I've been doing this for many, 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 many years. I've never, people have told me that I'm going to see something the first time I've ever seen before. I've this is it. She's like, yeah. you, you've yeah. just blown me away. Yeah. So it was nice hearing that from somebody who didn't regard me as being somebody. So, so right. basically that's like a, a wrong place, wrong time that becomes a right mm. place, right time thing. Right? Kind of, it was a redemption. It was a, re- it redemption. was a redemption moment. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah, that's nice. But before I get into the right place, right time moment, uh, speaking of the name rage, right? So, it, it my company was called Raging Nation Films. I formed in 1997. I wanted something that just spoke to how I felt as a person, right? Yeah. It you know, and it was before Rock Nation. It was before Rough Nation. It was yeah. Raging Nation. Like it's mm-hmm. on the books. So, uh, they they don't look at they don't they're not looked at as like being renegade people. Rock Nation, <laughs> yeah. but Raging Nation. Uh, <laughs> so um, I ended up doing some music videos in London, and my name was Rage then because the the producer for Soldier Boy who hired me to do the Crank That video for Soulja Boy in 2007, yep. said, listen, Dale, uh, uh, Brian Barber wants this video, Hype Wayne wants this video. He's like, but I, I, I kind of like what I've been hearing from my people. Like, you've got your own style, and I like, I don't want to come from the traditional hip-hop perspective, and so on and so forth. And, and he goes, but here's the deal. I heard that somebody called you Rage. I, I don't want you to use your full name, Dale Restagini. I want you to use Rage. I, I'm like, done. You know, because it was like yeah. 300K. It was like my first big Interscope music video. Yeah. And so it became a thing where I was going to like some of these uh, award shows and I was running to people like T-Pain and they're like, wait, what's your name? I'm like, Dale Restigini. Like, Dale Resti... 
So rage just became such an easy yeah, thing yeah, for them yeah. to just rage, rage, well, rage. Well, I mean, I've talked about this before because you, if you guys haven't heard the In Love with the Process episode with me and, and Dale, we go into this pretty deep. But uh, I was doing music videos at the same time. And so you were competition. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it's a period of time where like, we were fucking like writing on videos and it was like, who the fuck is this rage guy? <laughs> I love that you had like, there's like a, a mythos around it. Once you become rage, it's like, who's this? Who's yeah, this yeah. rage guy? And I like, I knew some people that had worked with you and I was like, is he just pissed off all the time? <laughs> what is this? What is this thing? How are we losing these videos to this motherfucker? <laughs> no, and, and, and so I started doing videos in London and so there's this girl named Becca and uh-huh. she was like the office PA for Luti Media in London and she apparently I didn't know this because I hadn't cut off the plane yet but she was holding this sign that said rage <laughs> and she said she's, and the people are looking at her like what? <laughs> you know Joe Smith and, and, and Sandy Kane and rage. rage and they expected this big monster to come off the plane right. I'm like no it's just me you know yeah I'm cut I'm built by him I'm not no, no yeah. monster but, but, but that name rage the moniker be, kind of became that one. and I was in a meeting one time I was I was at I was at a a, a a party, and I was I walked into a group of people talking, and one woman said, "Oh, I heard that gay that guy rage is hard to work with," mm. and it's a person I've never even met before. Mm. But the name rage, the what it emotes, yeah. is what yeah. kind of people. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I think it was the combination of the name and also like the genre of music that you were coming up in. You're yeah. doing. Sh- you know, it's like rage. He did hate breed. You know, and that you're just like, okay, so this guy's fucking. Fear Factory, Dry Kill, exactly. you know, all these hard sounding. Exactly, bit, yeah. exactly. That was a big part of our shit too, where we right. were doing a lot of. And every time we, because when I was trying to get into the commercial world, it was like, here comes the fucking heavy metal guy. Here comes the guy that does the dark shit, and that was the the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, it works for the horror movie stuff, and yeah. And at this point, no one gives a fuck. Like you sort of yeah, get to no, the no, no. You no could be a kid from nowhere that does something really cool, and as long as it's good and people like it, yeah. And you get followers, and you get engagement. It's fine. I mean, it does. I mean, listen. You never knock your uh, your track record. I mean, I wear everything I've done on my sleeve. I I've done videos for bands that people have forgotten about that were great at the time that yeah. I still love. Yeah. And I it was around that time I was doing video for some bands, some great little concepts. But but, but I realized, I mean, I'm wasting these great concepts on bands that people aren't going to see. Yeah. Because I when I was so new into, it, I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. I'm going to build this radio, and they're going to play into this old thing. I would I would handcraft this entire gizmo thing with these you know tv tubes and cords and speaker and 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 chips and 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 shoot it with some smoke coming out and you know maybe you know the band sold like six thousand records i'm like no one's gonna see i'm like i'm wasting on my great stuff that's that's a big thing about music videos like our biggest video that we did was for meshuggah so it was bleed that was right right yeah great video yeah 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 that was the biggest one we did and that one, I, I forget how many fucking million at this point that has. And then, the, like, uh, Revolver did, like, a 10-year anniversary. They yeah. interviewed us, and they did all that shit. That, that's right place, right time shit, where, like, right. th- like those songs come through, and you go, this is... this is Right, right. Because mo- whether or not you like it, as a music video director, it's the song. Yeah. Like, if it's a fucking hit, you want to be attached yeah, to that yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... You can shoot shit. Like, yeah. even though people love the Meshuggah video, that video was not what we fucking wanted. Right. And I've told the story multiple times in the show. When we showed it to the band initially, they fucking hated it. So, like, there was this whole bit. It was later that we got the apology yeah, letter. And no, the, I see. Yeah, yeah, dude. So, like, when it comes to music video stuff, you really... There are so many young directors, and when you're younger, you're trying desperately to do anything. It's like, do you play in a band? I'll go shoot some stuff. And after a while, like you were saying, you start 
doing all this really great stuff for videos that no one's going to fucking see. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. Th- I think that's why we were on the hunt for representation, which turned out to be a fucking sham eventually. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we were on a hunt for representation because we're trying to get ourselves in the space where the good tracks are yeah, coming yeah, through. Yeah. And oftentimes, uh, it isn't necessarily that the musicians are better, it's just that they have the backing and the backing for the publicity and the promotion. Yeah, yeah, all exactly. All that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and um, uh, before I get into my exact right time, right moment, you said something that just made me think about something. Um, kind of a, sometimes you have to work for your right time, right moments to actually become mm-hmm. them. I'll give you an example. Uh, I was asked to shoot a tour called Tattoo the Earth in 2000. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been involved in rock and metal for some time because I had moved, I mean, I graduated in 86, so I grew up at, at the very time when bands like, you know, Doc and a Motley Crue and, mm-hmm. and, and, um, and Guns N' Roses uh, and Great White were all launching, right? Like, that was my era. And then I graduated got into a bunch of trouble here there i was in the navy for 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 a few then i was in jail for a few and and then i came out i became a male stripper and i was dancing to freestyle music (laughs) i was doing freestyle i was into freestyle music like crazy and so um if your life was a video game you have the best side quest uh, yeah 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 so listen i was even involved in like i was i i played a magic man in a show i, I played a, a, a character named shadow man in a magic show in like this this off-broadway version of vegas and um I don't want to get details, but I got in, uh, into a heist situation there where I was accused of something where they couldn't prove, and uh, I was going back and forth. Hold, to, hold, 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 hold. You know, it, no, like what? literally, I was hold playing. Hold I was playing five hundred dollars chips with Carmelo from the Utah Jazz in Wendover, <laughs> Nevada. No, like it's no. This is a whole other thing. But 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 <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I just asked about your right place, right time. <laughs> I know like, if reincarnation's real, I think you've reached the final level. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, so anyway, so I was asked to shoot this tour, uh-huh. um, and uh, it was tattooed the earth, and and I hadn't been involved in rock and metal for some time, so my last understanding of rock and metal were like you know like you know bon jovi you know yeah, yeah, yeah. guns and roses and scorpions and so but now it's like disturbed and slipknot and all yeah. and, and slayer and oh even though slayer was around in the 80s it wasn't like they weren't mainstream at all um but i met jamie josta on tour mm-hmm. and i had just got finished doing a blair witch spoof called the hip-hop which which had eminem in it mob deep in it rod digger ja rule all these people and, ja, and jamie walked up to me walked up to me on the on the on the on the uh, New York show at uh, Giant Stadium, he's like, "Yo, I heard you worked with Eminem. Is he cool?" I'm like, "Yeah, he's cool." He's like, "Ah, oh, fucking dope, bro." He, you know, I guess he loved hip hop, right? <laughs> so we got we bonded on that whole tour. Yeah. Uh, that tour itself was crazy. Um, but in 2003, three years later, because in that, all that time he said, "I want to work with you doing music videos," he finally called me, and they were just coming off getting the lead single in triple x for i will be heard mm-hmm. which uh mm-hmm. mark webb directed oh right and right. so the second video was for perseverance and so he called me that's so maybe that's like three years later so it's kind of like a delayed right time right moment thing mm-hmm. and that's the video that, that that i crushed and that's the same video that um jeff panzer who was at that point in time he was called himself the emperor of all videos had seen my video for for justin he called me up and he's got this voice said is this dale i'm like yeah he goes great fucking video <laughs> and i'm like who's this and he's like jeff panzer he's like how'd you come up with those angles and i'm like 
and I'm just shooting. So, so that became so, so my relationship with Jamie Josta, who's which still lasts today, ended uh-huh. up being something that led me to do all these great things yeah. uh, in rock and metal. And 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 I actually was asked to go to the meet meet a band called Most Precious Blood uh-huh. and Suffocation uh-huh. at the Asbury Park Metal Fest in 2004. So I went there and I'm walking around and. Um, mind you, I, my awareness of who all these bands were was was kind of nil. I'm just I'm discovering. I'm like, well, listen, if there's fans and labels that represent this music, it's my job as a director to make a cool video so they can sell more stuff. Like that was yeah. my concept, even if I didn't like it or love it, that was it. But I'm walking around and I, I see on the floor there's this little poster for a band called Trivium. I thought maybe they were playing. The logo was cool, mm-hmm. and I reached out and and so they weren't playing, but I kept the I kept the the poster in my back pocket. Went home and. I said, this band looks cool. Let me send them an, 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 an email. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were like a Swedish band. And it, and this was back in the dial-up days. I had my iMac, right? <laughs> and so you had to wait for the... <laughs> and so I sent an email, got an email back a few days later. They did. They weren't nowhere. The dad hit me up saying, hey, Dale, we see that you do videos with these big bands and can you help us? And that and led this to... This was Trivium. That's Trivium. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up doing a video for them called Light Like the Flies, which got them signed. I tried to actually take oh, wow. their CD... Um, and and get Roadrunner, Central Media, Trustkill, Ferret Style uh, to sign them, but there's like, nah, we don't get it. I'm like, these solos are insane, but solos really weren't the thing back in yeah. 2003, mm. four and five. But we did a music video, thirty grand, made them look like Metallica, and people lost their minds, and the rest is history, right? Yeah. So it's all because of me being asked to shoot this tour by somebody who I knew for my movie, which are completely unconnected with rock and metal, that led to that moment with me meeting Jamie. And then you seeing a fucking flyer. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and so and so here it's just to thread it a little bit more, Jamie asked me to do a video for Seamless, which was Jesse Leach's new band after leaving Killswitch Engage. Mm-hmm. And um, their lawyer was a guy named Justin Archangel, mm-hmm. who um, at that same time I'm supposed to be doing Seamless's video. I'm helping Trivium, and um, they needed a lawyer, so I connected the dots, and so now Justin manages Trivium, mm-hmm. and has been managing them ever since, and so there you go. So after many years of doing rock and metal videos, well, three three years, I felt like I was doing it for thirty years, but it was right. like two that or three years. Three years, yeah. Um, Dude, oh, oh, oh. How many fucking videos did you do in three years? Oh, I was I, like, I was doing like seventy five. The first year I was doing videos, I did like twelve. Second year, seventy, and then like eighty. Seventy. Yeah. Wow. Fucking videos, yeah. dude. Yeah. It's twelve months in a year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was uh, working like a maniac. You're fucking unstoppable, man. Right. Dude. So, 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 uh, having done so many of those videos, most of them were for independent labels. Yeah. Videos would be anywhere from six, three k to to 30k right mm-hmm. and i said okay now i i mind you i'm doing this work i'm like i'm wanting to do the active rock radio stuff sure i mean the big bands getting the big budgets the creeds and all those kinds of bands but now you're entering a little of politics and bullshit mm-hmm. and nepotism mm-hmm. and who's paying who and who's looking mm-hmm. up for who mm-hmm. and so but if you know me i don't give a fuck so <laughs> i just kept steamrolling as much as i could trying to get into that world. I ended up doing a, a, like a great Alterbridge uh, video, which I love. Uh, Miles Kennedy is an amazing vocalist. So I was able to, a Seven Dust video, I was able to knock in a few of those. But I really wanted to get in hip hop because it just like where the big, big budgets were. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so my way in was, um, 
a guy named John Frank was at Koch Records at the time, and they had, uh, you know, a lot of Dipset videos, a lot of rap videos, and I was banging on his door. He's like, well, Dale, you know, you're a white guy, and it's kind of hard. That old cliche. Sure. It's really not cliche anymore, but it was then for sure. Sure. And so... <clears throat> The, so he did give me one video for a band called Head P.E., who I'd met on Tattoo the Earth. I know Head And they were like rap rock, right? Yep. And they had a DJ and everything. So that was cool. Super low budget. Cool little video we shot in a garage and add some cool anim- animated effects. But because I did that one and John knew my passion for wanting to cross over, like it's no secret, everybody wanted to do hip hop videos at the time, but just mm-hmm. everybody was somebody's protege. Somebody was already here. Someone was already mm-hmm. there. So it was so hard. But this is the right time, right time moment, right place, right time moment. John said, hey, Dale, um, uh, there's a video that the director fell out for for um, tomorrow, and we need a director. I put your name up for it, and they said yes. So everything was already in place. It was a, it was a video for um, uh, uh, Joel Santana mm-hmm. featuring uh, Cameron and Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the song's called uh, it was called uh, Bur- oh J- no it was J.R. Ryder featuring uh, Lil Wayne uh, and, and Cam and mm-hmm. in, in the video where people like Dame Dash and whatnot mm-hmm. it was called Bird Call uh, check it out <laughs> yeah. um, and so as I'm shooting that video yeah right so it's kind of like a two four for this one because that that was the right time right place moment yeah yeah and uh, so I was I come, this is my first hip hop video. I was crushing. It was going great. Cliff was my DP. I saw my team, and I'm in. I'm in the. I'm in Harlem filming this video. The streets are blocked off. It was like a moment. Like this is my first big hip hop video, mm. and so it was like midday, and I'm getting set up for a shot. Um, um, right on. Like it was one seventy fourth, and I get a tap on my shoulder, mm-hmm. and there's a woman. She introduces herself. She goes, "My name. My name's Emmanuel, and I. Are you available tomorrow?" <laughs> this is the right time, right, right place, right time moment. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Like, she goes, I need a video for Joel Santana featuring Young Jeezy and Little Wayne. Wow. And so my first two music videos ever happened back to back. My first two hip hop videos happened back to back were a dip set. And, you know, featuring, you yeah. know, the, the Young Jeezy and Lil Wayne. Sure. And, like, that ended up, like, launching me, like, crazy into my hip-hop world mm. and doing my Dipset videos. Okay, okay, okay. So, <clears throat> wow. okay, so it's good. That's a great moment. So what's interesting about that moment is that not only were you in the right place for that moment to happen, but everything that you talked about before this, right, is the recipe for rage, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's you going, hey... Fuck this system. I'm going to do this the way I want to do this shit, right? Mm-hmm. The only way I can do it. <laughs> you and I came up sort of very similar yeah. where like we were completely out of the industry. And so we ended up learning how to shoot everything. We ended up learning how to do everything quickly, learning out how to do things inexpensively and how to do things fucking fast. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the fact that you were available to be like, yeah, I'll do this tomorrow. And the fact that you had the confidence to be like, I have no fucking prep. I have nothing <laughs> mm-hmm. that's going into this. Yeah, sure, fuck it. And then going in there doing that enabled you to be in that moment. And then that person obviously was talking to somebody else before they came and tapped you on the fucking shoulder and said, oh, yeah, we asked him yesterday if he can come on this. And she's like, oh, fuck. And so are you ready mm-hmm. for tomorrow? So, like, it wasn't just that you were aware of the right place, right time when it happened. You were prepared for the right place, right time. What's the saying? A preparation meets opportunity. They say is yeah. it's luck or luck is. That's crazy. I literally just talked about this last night. That exact sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and my so I wasn't even that 
the same way I wasn't really immersed into rock and metal in, in 2000 when I was asked to shoot that tour. I wasn't really so much. Uh, I mean, I knew main. I mean, I knew mainstream hip hop, but I was I wasn't so much a Dipset head. I, I am. I'm Dipset all day now. They're my family. Mm-hmm. Jim Jones. I ended up mm-hmm. doing the Jim Jones balling video after that. Like, oh, fine. <laughs> yeah, I did all those all those videos with those yeah. guys. Um, but uh, so like that same time, I'm still doing like rock and metal, and and Jamie mm-hmm. had called me. He's like, Yo, h- how the fuck do you end up doing Dipset? Because <laughs> and I didn't know Jamie was like the biggest Dipset head. Yeah. He's like fucking cool bro he's like that's insane can i come to set so that all my fucking rock guys wanted to come to my to my dipset video so that literally is like because there's been many 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 moments that were cool moments and and some kind of it took some time to kind of thread together or marinate to actually happen but that is like the the a pivotal moment that mm-hmm. ended up mm-hmm. resulting into so many more things Which, so, okay buddy good. i, I want to ask because uh, i think a lot of people when they hit, hit the 30s and then they're thinking about like oh what's the thing that i really want to do which is really exciting me and you're saying at 32 is when you really started to get into the directing music videos what was that moment for you like, what made you decide after having all these experiences to go no i think this is the thing no so um i had did a i had did a movie um after my experiences being locked up actually when I was the last time I was locked up, uh, I decided to write a script based on what got me locked up, mm-hmm. and it was in a it was a it was in a federal prison mm-hmm. in Schuylkill, Pennsylvania, and it was the old school typewriter, like the old school typewriter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because yeah, this is what like ninety one, ninety two, somewhere around there, and um, at the same point in time. Uh, this law library I had to go to to be able to write and use a typewriter, they had a, a, a bookshelf, maybe about as thin as that bookshelf right behind you. Mm-hmm. And one book that stood out, it was called The Kid Stays in the Picture. Ah. I read that book. It was you know Robert Evans' story and how mm-hmm. he came up in New York City, fashion family, his best friend was Dick Van Patten, no, nobody listening to this podcast are going to know who these guys are. But, <laughs> believe, you know, believe it or not, we've got some older listeners. Amazing <laughs> stories that I they just inspired me. And then how he went from being this kid in New York City to want to be actor to producer to running a studio and getting oh, into wow. beef with, like, you know, Steve McQueen. Because mm-hmm. Steve was banging his wife. Uh, 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 what's uh, Ali McGraw. I mean, just amazing stories. And Sidney Korshak, this lawyer that was like this cloak and dagger guy. And so... Having read that story and writing my first script that came out and made my first my, my first movie, um, so um, ha- having having come out and done that uh, because uh, my life story involved moving from Boston to New York City. My ex girlfriend was a singer, um, soul singer who went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Mm-hmm. Her classmates were Paula Cole and Layla Hathaway. Oh wow! We moved from Boston to New York City. You know, a lot of amazing things happened there. Chaos happened there. You know, tragedy happened there. All kinds of just life happened. Mm-hmm. But hip hop was there too. That was at the point when hip hop was exploding. Yeah. yeah. So I was around. I would run into people like Buster Rhymes and the Wu Tang mm-hmm. Clan. I met RZA way back on the day. And, a lot of those, a mob deep havoc product. So, yeah. and I asked those guys, "Yo, I want to do your video." Well, you know, I'm this guy's my fan. This guy's my. I'm like, yeah. are these guys? And in my head, I'm like, no. Well, well, Benny's my fan. Or hype is my fan. I'm like, why is it really all bloodline family? They're going to them first. I get it. But yeah. <laughs> they were just saying, like, they're my bros. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck. So uh, I how, how can I get past this family? So, so. So then, do you have any cousins who rap? Yeah, like, and, and then and then it was like everybody had a protege. I'm like, man, fuck proteges, yeah. fuck proteges. I'm like. I'm my own fucking guy, so uh, yeah. I finally uh, crack through the way I crack through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fucking hysterical. But I dig also that like you, you, 
you went with your your instincts, what felt right for you artistically in the business. You're like, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. Fuck it. Let's go for it. Because you get a lot of advice from everyone wants to offer it, right? Yeah. Sure. And it doesn't necessarily always fit for everyone else that's receiving it. I, I applaud you for coming out of the situation going, I'm going to do this fucking thing. This is how I want to do it. Let's go. And that that shit worked for you. I appreciate that. But I don't even know that. I mean, I appreciate like the kudos for that. But it wasn't even like a conscious. It was just like mm-hmm. it was survival mm-hmm. mode. Just like yeah. mm-hmm. eat, eat or die. You kill what you eat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you eat what you kill. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like yeah, it's yeah. just survival mode. That's all. I mean, right I knew there was nothing else I, I I could ever do, and that I knew that I could write my own ticket. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 I never drank or did drugs. Like that's mm-hmm. one. I never I never drank or did any drugs like ever. So I was always clear headed. Yeah. Um. I just like the adrenaline rush of doing other things and to to, right to yeah. satisfy that part. But I figured, okay, fuck. Now I'm older. Uh. I always love movies. And here's an interesting thing too. And I even long before I ever thought I'd even want to be an actor let alone a director one thing I like to do when I was a kid I'm talking 12, 13, 14 I used to like opening up the Sunday paper and seeing the box office totals to see if I was right on how much a film would gross oh, yeah. when it came out like it was like the most bizarre, <laughs> yeah. most bizarre weird yeah, thing yeah. But to this, and I was always like 80% 85% and I was I was locked in like I, I could always be kind of on that number Crazy. Like, I yeah. had no idea I was ever going to be. I just see a young Dale with a coffee in his hand yeah. opening up the paper. Going going, the, Let's see what the numbers are like this yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's hysterical, man. And yeah. I think that also, you know, I try not to get too preachy because that's the other show. But I think that uh, it's an interesting thing that when we were talking in the beginning about uh, music video directors now mm. and the whole scene of music video directors now, and it's how do I get into the scene? How do I find myself? in the in the right place to to become a music video director and your your story i connect to completely because we just uh said fuck it this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to do it there are no rules to how to make these things happen Mm. shots are shots it doesn't make a fucking difference how you get a shot you just got to get a shot on screen Mm -hmm. you know and and when you meet all these other directors you're talking about getting into like sort of that elitist gate kept fucking group of pen of directors that are all unemployed right now and you're just sort of sitting there going like when i converse with these guys they're like how do you fucking do this and it's like dude you don't even know how you don't even know how to do your job you just somehow found yourself in this system where if you had if someone said hey here's fucking five grand in a camera go do something you wouldn't know what the fuck a, a lot of it was this and uh two things that kind of really just got under my skin back in the day was mm. hearing commissioners oh. where most didn't know what the fuck they were doing most were just star fuckers right and most were just glorified pas that found mm. found, found themselves at a desk whereas they're a commissioner and they're given a budget for the top of the year saying well you have six million dollars this year you're gonna have to make about 100 videos and they start thinking okay wow my friend has this company and these directors and how can i get my kickback yeah there's a lot mm. of that payback shit that was always going the kickback shit payback shit all that shit the same thing the same way uh, a lot of these um, you know the, the way they work at radio you know mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the pay for play kind of yeah the, the payola kind of stuff shit. same thing in music videos whether this female commissioner wanted to give it to her director because she never heard of who Rage was you know um, that production company with that director if there was a um, a $1,200 little Gucci handbag that fell off the truck uh, okay yeah. lost some damage and then you see her walking around yeah. with it or 20 grand on a paper bag oh you know that stuff happened a lot there was a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff I, at that very 
uh, you know, elite level. And fortunately, I was there. I was there. Like I was there, yeah. and I didn't like a lot of those people, and I, d- I didn't play that game. So, um, but because I was self-made, I had already had a lot of my my. You know, I have people that love me and people that hate me, but they hate me because I didn't play their game. Sure, yeah. you know. No, and that was a big part of it, man. And and we we started to discover that when we were coming up in the business and 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 playing. I fucking hate video commissioners, yeah, and I hate yeah, that yeah. whole system. That whole system. Yeah. It's just like, what the fuck do you do? Like yeah, you sit yeah. in between, and you know what it is because when you talk to the musicians, you understand what their place is, right? Where they go, we wrote this fucking album, right? We're gonna do some tour. Their manager walks on the bus and goes, "Well, we need some videos," and they go, "Oh, you know," because they're they just got off fucking stage, so they're not thinking about it. And so they, he's, oh, "Don't worry," because the manager's trying to make sure that he's his fucking paycheck yeah, still coming yeah, in. Yeah. And he's like, "Don't worry, I got you a whole stack of." of treatments yeah, right yeah, and so yeah. then the mm-hmm. band is sitting on that bus going like what the fuck is this and they're flipping through these treatments going like what's the story about this guy that comes back for them it doesn't connect to the music yeah, yeah, at yeah, all yeah, it doesn't yeah, connect yeah. to anything and then half the time those guys are just like don't doesn't your fucking cousin direct yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah. like mm-hmm. hire your cousin yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll well, do that, this that's a lot of what is now a lot of these up-and-comers about six years ago, I started getting hit up by rockers and rappers, getting DMs saying, hey, we don't have money for a video, but we're glad to give you a part of, your, part of our project, meaning they would give up part of their project, like publishing and whatnot. Mm. But and I'm, I'm, I'm prefacing that because that's a very new school thing because yeah. when we were coming up, nobody could just go shoot videos. You need a decree, you need the lights, you need generators, you need that stuff. But now you could just have your phone or a little you know, yeah. Sony or the, whatever yeah. and just go shoot videos. With no, just with, with a, not even a bounce. You could just, just you with your phone could be a video director with mm-hmm. some After Effects and, and be done, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a very, because when we were growing up, you couldn't say, oh, uh, to your family uh, or your friends, uh, I'm going to be a director. I'm <laughs> going to be a content creator. I'm, yeah. Like they would, they go get a fucking job. Go to, yeah, yeah. you know, go, go to school. Get right. a, go, you couldn't say, nowadays some kid tells mom and dad, I want to be an influencer. I want to be like Jake Paul. Okay, son, here you go. Or yeah, okay, right. Susie, here you go. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, it's crazy times where everybody feels like I'm going to be a content creator. Like that's their job. Yeah. It, it, it takes a lot more work than just to define yourself. You know, we called ourselves directors, but until I think we actually directed something, oh, yeah, we weren't directors. It took a while. Yeah. Right. It took yeah. A while. So um, it, it, it's crazy times where, you know, anybody can be a director. And, and what I kind of touched on before was, was very, very true. I get hit up by a lot of, uh, wealthy mom and dads that have their sons or daughters that or that want to be artists, mm-hmm. and mom and dad could be very successful in their business, or they could be surgeons. They could have a lot of money. I'm like, so obviously this person has some kind of intelligence, and they've racked up some dough. They get two houses, and you know, and they got all kinds of you know nice cars. But why didn't you do your due diligence when you hired you know Joey from Iowa? And you get sent by thirty grand, and you don't have a completed video. Yeah. Now you're coming to someone like me. Oh, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Can, you know. Can, can you help fix it for ten grand? I'm like, no, what are you no, talking no. about? No. Yeah. yeah. So, um, there's a lot of just craziness out there with all these new school directors that feel like they're entitled to become. Direct- now, I've helped mentor uh, and bring up a lot of different editors, DP directors, uh, Jamie Bosworth, big producer for Colin Tilly. Uh, uh, Kevin Boston, Jay Tozan, uh, Hannah Lux Davis was one of my editors. Um, uh, gave many DPs, Corey Jennings, like their mm-hmm. first jobs to edit like music mm-hmm. videos. I mean, to, to shoot music videos. And um, a lot of times, like, you know, these people, they came, whether they were with me for one job or, or, or 30 or 40, uh, 
you know, they learned a lot on my sets. It's like just mm-hmm. brutal, get it the fuck done. You know, no soft yeah, shoes, like no handles. Kind of like the Roger Corman of music videos. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, so to a degree. Yeah, I mean, yeah. although, you know, Roger was a legend in getting things done, right? That's, um, a, that's what I mean, yeah. And, and um, you know, and he's got his reputation on Hollywood, and he's a, he, he's a, he's a legend for sure. Um, I finally want to be able to put a final... Uh, people will ask me, Dave, you should write a, just write a book about your story, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's from stripper, jail, prison, <laughs> yeah. rock, metal, hip-hop. Uh, for me, the final chapter is being able to have that... Hollywood moment theatrical release film. Yeah. Mm. Like that's the moment. So touched on earlier about my other film, which if it comes comes to be in the next couple of weeks we'll we'll have another conversation on that. But that happens, like that's my moment. Being able to be regarded as the go, oh, yeah, your rage, he's 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 out mm-hmm. there killing it and he's doing his thing. And yeah. I've had a very humbly successful career, right? I, I don't floss on social media. Right. This is my house and this is uh oh, oh, yeah. I'm writing first. I've I've been writing first class for like 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 16 years now and not because I'm a diva but because I was busting my ass so much and flying so much back and forth yeah, no no I, I actually caught Bell's, I, I caught Bell's palsy <laughs> off one of my flights you know what Bell's palsy is? yeah do you know what Bell's palsy is? what is it? What is it? so I was I, I, I had to leave uh, uh, LA to go right to Atlanta to shoot a video um, I think it was for Unk and I land late I was tired uh and I went to the hotel, I ordered a burger, and I started chewing my burger. And as I'm chewing my burger, I'm 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 I'm, I'm biting my lip. I'm like, what the fuck? And so I take a a, so, a drip of soda, and that falls out of my and I out of my mouth. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I realize I'm starting to get like this swollen feeling here. I look in the mirror, my eyes drooping. I'm like, I'm I'm like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, you're having a fucking so stroke. So I, I got yeah. my BlackBerry at the time, and I, I go to askdoctor.com. Um, <laughs> as I'm going to the emergency room in Atlanta, and I, I, I plugged in my, my, you know, what was happening to me. I typed in what was happening to me, and I finally get a response back about, like, 45 minutes later, because I'm waiting in line at the at the uh, emergency room, and it's a long-ass line, and yeah. uh, this, this this doctor replied back, it sounds like you have Bell's palsy, and it lasts up to, like, six months. What the, What is the deal? So it, you lose like the upper half of one part of your face muscles and you lose the power to move the, the bottom half of the other side of your face. And um, what causes it? Uh, uh, stress, uh, lack of sleep and a lot of air travel. Like all these things. Weird. It was like the perfect storm. Mm. But the ver- oh, no, no, I know the video I was shooting this day was the remix for the uh, Jim Jones balling video. My biggest video at the time. So it was like, had everybody, it had Lil Wayne, it had Puffy, it had uh, a Birdman, it had uh, Young Dro, T.I., yeah. uh, Jewels and Jim, J- it was like a huge, huge video. It was the remix to the first balling video. Right. And you can't get your fucking no, face, and here's you the thing, can't get I, your I, face I, to work. And I, no, and I can't use words like, I can't say picture. I can't form certain words Jesus. so i had to talk like this and i had to wear shades if you look at the behind the scenes videos and pictures you see dale's got the shades on like this and any interviews i'm on yeah and cool. everyone's on so like man rage is so fucking cool yeah no, so, it, it, <laughs> so uh it, it, it was it was so my wife said kim at that point because so, i was because I, I didn't know anything i was just flying expedia uh whatever flight cheapest flight middle seat mm-hmm. 32 whatever but after she was no, from now on, you're fine first class or, or business class. Yeah. Uh, and it became a thing, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, nowadays, all these 
Everybody yeah, in the business, they're like, they're, they're, they're showing the picture of them, you know, with their feet up with the TV monitor. I'm like, right. Yeah, it's, 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 it's content, but there's no substance. Yeah. yeah it's like, you know, we're, we're in such a kind of fucked up world with social media mm-hmm. and people flossing yeah. and faking. Meanwhile, these are the same people that move every six months and they don't have the car that they had then. They don't have it now. It's like, yeah. or the same or yeah. the same or the same wife or the same girlfriend or the same mm-hmm. the same circle of friends or like oh now yeah. it just we're in a kind of fucked up world yeah so. dude i love seeing like uh, it's because we live um right by the chinese theater so like sometimes i go up into the ovation center and i just like look down over hollywood boulevard and they have this thing where you can actually rent um these ferraris to just ride around a bit or you can rent to have someone drive you around and i can't tell how many times i see people go and they don't even get in the car they just lean over the because it's convertible they lean over the top and take a bunch of pictures like the steering wheel logo and i'm like i know that this guy or gal is going to go post this later on mm-hmm. just to flex online and yeah. be like I was in a Ferrari at some point today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then taking a bunch of photos around the car and in the car, they're like, oh, can I say, yeah, yeah. And they pay a couple bucks, take yeah, photos yeah, yeah. in the car. And yeah. like, you're going to hold on to these photos to just like regurgitate at some point when you need yeah, that, yeah. that fucking dopamine hit again later on mm-hmm. on social media. Well, it, it, and the thing is like, the idea of success, the idea of success for me has always been, I just want to be able to achieve what I want to do, which is make movies, right? Yeah. And, or, or nowadays, like long form content, like TV mm. and, and, and be humbly successful. Like I, I, I don't, I don't need to, you know, I just like my Jeeps, like my muscle cars. I don't, oh, yeah. and I've been around every Ferrari Lamborghini you can imagine, but I never even like the way they, I don't like the, I don't like how they feel in me. Like I don't mm-hmm. like no. that. Other people do. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and but it, you're dri- also driving a fucking vehicle that you take it out to the grocery store and you gotta get a tune up because it's, right, it's, 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 it's crazy. tuned for the wrong yeah. reason. Yeah. No. Um, so my right, my right, my right place, my right place, right time moment, um, has, uh, helped, lead me to live a very comfortable, yeah. successful uh, life that's uh, been able to s- sustain me to the point where I'm now in a position to, at the age of a young 55, um, uh, be able to still achieve what I want to achieve and still work for the next 20 years, mm-hmm. just making, you know, film and, and, and TV. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in addition to like just that story, uh, I also just launched a pre-cleared music catalog called oh. Boombox Apocalypse. Oh, cool! So it's oh, like yeah, a, cool. it's like a, it's like a stock music kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the 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 coding and stuff is being, and I I did it because it it solves pro- when anything solves problems like it, oh, yeah. it it's a win. So it solves problems for editors, directors, producers who want access not just to pre cleared music, which companies already exist that do that or royalty free, but because they're known vocalists. Like I've got songs with Scott Stapp, I've got songs with Scott mm. Wyland, I've got songs really? with Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Oh wow! I've got from his first band called Grey Days. I've got Fetty Wap, Soldier Boy. I've got a bunch of like Shit. recognizable. So I'm curating this really cool catalog of really cool songs where the artists are sharing their publishing with me for for a placement in film and TV, which I can guarantee because of my network of people that make right film on. and TV. As opposed to because we're in a time frame where all these all these because um, I'm involved with a few companies, including my own, but all these platforms that have like Paramount Plus, Hulu Plus, Tubi, they all need content every quarter to mm-hmm. keep their subscribers enthused to keep paying for, mm-hmm. for, for, for their service, right? So what does that mean? It means they all these networks, uh, some have the big budgets, but the majority of the content is, is low 
to, 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 well, very low to low, right? Mm-hmm. So 300K, 400K for a movie up to maybe two and a half, three. Mm-hmm. That's still not a lot of money to make a decent film, right? No, right so right. you put all your money into the actual production. By the time you're done, usually the, the, the line item for the music is so low. Very low. And mm-hmm. they have now not only low money, but they have a delivery schedule they're going to meet, which is impossible to find a composer, mm-hmm. to clear songs that you want that you can't even afford. There's not enough time. Mm-hmm. So you're forced to go to a, a pre cleared music catalog, royalty free and mostly it's not great stuff right Mm -hmm. so now there's a catalog that exists where oh my god there's this amazing rock song that has scott Mm -hmm. wyland on vocals that i can put in my movie that only cost me four hundred thousand dollars because it's a win-win for everybody so these editors directors producers they can drag and drop into the timeline Mm -hmm. a song with the option of having other stems yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of great hip hop stuff too and TikTok music too. Mm. So I got TikTokers oh, that aren't famous in music, but they're famous in TikTok that have these TikTok dance songs mm-hmm. that have 18 million followers that are also going to promote the film and TV it's shows crazy. that we're doing too. So Brilliant. it's a really cool mod I'll share with you uh, uh, offline. What'd you say it's called again? Boombox Apocalypse. Boombox Apocalypse. That's a cool, That's a cool name. name. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cool name. yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're getting to the point uh, where we would normally wrap this up, but I got, I, I got some more questions for you. I think we should go a little bit more. Shoot, yeah. shoot, yeah. shoot. And we, we, uh, we talked a bit about this and share what you want to share. But we talked a bit about this last time you were on the show, but I, you brought this up a couple times, and I know the people listening to the show want me to ask this question. So was there a right place, right time moment for you when you became a, a dancer, like a male stripper? Like, how did that fucking thing happen? So um, so I was, uh, I was, um, when I, so my first round of getting locked up led me, I was in uh, Orlando, Florida. I was there for like, I think 11 months and um, uh, do you can you talk about why you got locked up do I don't want to get to that stuff just it was just crazy times put it that okay, way right yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, so I was uh, I think I was 17 or 18 at the time mm-hmm. um, very young but in that and I I was even at that young age I knew I was tired of, I wasn't going to call my mom and dad and say hey can you bail me out sure mm-hmm. I was adopted crazy my dad was a fireman construction worker um I had a crazy, crazy, crazy life, even up to that point. So, but what I did do in those eleven months was I uh, I met a guy. So I was in a it was a county jail uh, for eleven months, and county jails are relatively small. Remember, this is in this is eighty seven. So this is like pre electronic like gates and I mean this, this is like old school bars and and, and yeah. walls and yeah, yeah. cement and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. One one toilet, <laughs> one shower no daylight right uh jesus so i actually had a just to get out of that cell for one hour a day i needed to uh say i didn't have a diploma uh so i could get out and go to the to go to the school right mm-hmm. and while i was there i actually picked up a book called um uh, uh think or go rich by napoleon hill i have mm. never read it it's an amazing it's it's a it's a profound book that people will will talk about and i could actually elaborate on that but I'll stick to, to, to this. Yeah, yeah. So so in that eleven months, um, there was a guy named Road Dog. It was it was all uh, the ratio from it was it was a cell meant built for eighteen people, but it was like twenty four of us in there. In one cell. In one cell, and so there was bunks and 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 and, and, and tables, and um, it was like oh, it was twenty twenty two blacks to like one or two whites every cell. So mm-hmm. there was this guy named Road Dog and a guy named Monkey Man that liked me because I was from Boston, mm-hmm. and this is when the Celtics was Bird and 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 um, <laughs> Magic and, yeah. and the yeah. Lakers. This is when that was on TV, and they, these guys befriended me. I learned how to play spades locked up. Learned how to play dominoes. Yeah. 
I was doing dips on, you know, bunks. <laughs> I saw I basically kind of yeah. like beefed up in that point in time, right? So mm-hmm. when I got out, uh, my dad got me a job working for the town of Framingham, mm-hmm. um, sanitation department. And so, uh, uh, it, so when I had reconnected with some friends who I hadn't seen some time because I was gone for a year, but Jack, come out mm-hmm. jacked. We're in the mall and these girls are looking at me like, oh yeah, hey, who's your friend? It's like, this Dale. It's Dale. Like, you know, so <laughs> I was feeling myself and one day I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the truck on my, you know, sanitation job. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was what they call the picker. So I was in the back of the truck holding on to the handle, flexing. And I was, I was <laughs> at traffic lights. I was getting girls' numbers. I was like, I was like, like, and at that same point well, in time. Yeah, hanging on the back of a garbage truck. Yeah, I, literally, I had a bandana on my ankle and I was like, flex. I was like, <laughs> and so. Um, Just learning, learning yeah, the moves. And, yeah, no. And so, uh, and so in the truck one day, going back to the, uh, our, our main dump site, uh, there was an ad, a radio ad uh, for the male encounter out of Saugus mm-hmm. uh, looking for male strippers. So I'm like, I'm feeling myself. So I went for an audition. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I danced to the song uh, by Anna Motion called Obsession. That was oh, my shit. first male stripper dance ever. And so uh, they ended up picking me up, and I I started out well, there. Did you? Did, oh, so it wasn't like you guys were uh, learning how to dance when you were in prison. Like, where did you learn the dance skills from? Uh, I, I I just I just I just I forget where I learned how to fucking dance. Like literally, you just like, moved your body and like, you my body, the, like yeah. you know, because that point in time. So yeah, the male encounter was, was very much built up like around the um, Chippendales. Yeah. Mm. And so you had your feature dancers and they were looking for like, you know, up and comers or a called podium dancers. So mm. you didn't need to be, I didn't have to be like super um, to magic my, Mike and, and, and yeah. choreography yeah, right, per se. Right, right, as long right. as I had a body, I was fit and girls were going crazy because they liked mm. me, That that that's what did. did you it. make, so you must have made some good money. So though. after a year of, of, of doing that at the palace, which is like a legendary uh, nightclub. It was one of the old Chateau de Ville type places that mm-hmm. were big in the fifties and sixties and seventies. Uh, I was I was uh, I, I I was recruited by a guy uh, that had a company with his wife, and so I started doing private shows. And that's I so I quit working the man. You know, I'd have to wear like the bow tie and the and the mm-hmm. cufflinks, and you know always be oiled up. You right. know, so I left the company and I started doing private shows while I was still. I, so I was a stripper slash. Last slash uh, uh, trash man. So by day trash man, by night stripper. And I had a brand new Trans Am GTA bought in 1989 with the T-tops, honeycomb, gold rims. I love like, this, man. It's, yeah, man. So It's, it's crazy. All right. So what, what, what were the private shows like? And I mean, you know, I know it's dangerous if you're... Uh, this is probably me being uh, very close-minded, but I would assume that if you're a female stripper and you're doing private shows, it, it can be pretty dangerous and you show yeah. up with like protection and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Was it the same way as a guy? So, so not exactly, but so here's the thing. So whether it was going to be you in front of a hundred girls or whether it was uh, going into Dorchester in front of like 20 black girls, mm-hmm. like I was just, and it was like you had your, your, your G, your PG and, and X. Mm-hmm. I was mostly all X. I was, I was fully naked in front of 100 women, 20 women. It was, <laughs> I was making money like crazy. I'd come on my radio, whether I uh, was playing a, um, a cop, whether I was playing um, a pizza delivery guy, whatever my, my, my routine I was. I love it. I love it. So, so but here's the thing. So my friends started to wonder at that point in time, Dale, want to come to the party? Want to come to the club? I'm like, no, I got to go work. What are you doing? I'm stripping. Ah, okay, go ahead. And they really didn't get it yeah. until I would finally meet them at the uh, local McDonald's 
on Route 9. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. they were done. They were tapped out. They probably spent 200 bucks trying to get laid and try to, you know, they were buying drinks. And mm-hmm. I'd have like four, five, six hundred, seven hundred bucks in my pocket. Having already, you know, Just, I, I, I want to keep this. I was a satisfied a few times mm-hmm. at the, uh, with no objection on my part, but the people that were hiring me wanted to, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I there was like winning. Was, I was, was like getting benefits. paid. There were, there were benefits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was. It was an amazing dream. And I so I got my brand new car. I got my daytime job with benefits. I got my nighttime job, which fully satisfied me financially and and with benefits, yeah. everything yeah, yeah. else. And yeah, yeah. my friends were like, uh, "Do you need security?" <laughs> so it started out with one guy coming to my show carrying my radio. Then he, then my other friend heard about it, so they didn't want to come. So I was going on my shows now with like two or three friends that wanted to be my security because. So you had an entourage. Cool. I had an entourage, yeah. 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 So yeah, man, that's just one. What a fucking wild. <laughs> you live such a fucking wild life. You definitely, you yeah, definitely yeah. have to write a book. You definitely Absolutely. have to write a book. Absolutely. Absolutely, like, man. Every time we sit down to talk and I pry a little bit, we fall in this fucking hole and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. crazy, man. I love it, dude. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. No, and it's. It's great, you know. It's like, and then over the years, like the the whole world of music videos. To 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 segue back to that, um, uh, no, a lot of times I always I always kind of saw like my job as a as a music video director uh, as the guy that's taking um, the lyrics as like the script and mm-hmm. and kind of telling that story. Mm. I was never one of those directors that wanted to just say, "Well, I see this as my vision." when you wrote songs that meant something to you like mm-hmm. yeah it, it just i just always came from that perspective i know that a, lo- a lot of other directors come from the other the other way and that's that's fine everybody mm-hmm. has their has their approach um but because i ended up having to do a lot of hardcore videos mm-hmm. and i guess the way my the way my life was and the way i am as a person I mean, I would see these boards come up. You know, people would comment on. I didn't know they even existed, but people would comment on videos, video directors, and I would see all this. All this, oh, the, the guy, he looks like he should doing. He should be doing an Axe deodorant commercial. Mm. Uh, t- t- you know, he's taking too many steroids. I mean, who are these people talking about? I did a video for this band, and you started. You attack my character. You don't even know. Yeah, like, yeah, it's right. craziness yeah. out there. So it's more than just saying you're a director, you're a producer, you're an editor, you're a DP. Like, there's a whole world of just crazy shit out there yeah. that that shouldn't really be a part of what we do but it right. is but it is but and that's a, yeah. i mean that's a that's the thing that you don't get trained for and i talk about this on the other show all the time where you uh at least with me like i decided that i wanted to be a director so i worked really hard you have to learn all the fucking skills you have to learn the whole process of that stuff but what they don't teach you is the actual job mm. and the job is sorting through human relationships and also sorting through all the fucking politics mm-hmm. and sorting through the fact that like at the end of the day, whether or not we want to continue to admit this, it's all gatekept. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not gatekept specifically for any other reason than it's a sweet gig and it, I'm going to hire my friends. Like yeah. that's, that's pretty much what this fucking business yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, be, because, be, because uh, I mean, I guess I would compare it a little bit to like, how divisive our politics are today it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's similar it's always been similar in that world of of just music videos and commercials like there's a there's always a side mm-hmm. like you're either like guys like us or you're or you're guys like these guys over here mm-hmm. and and one thing i always hated about i take that back wrong word the one thing that always was frustrating is that commissioners who really didn't know 
much about shit just wanted mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. they wanted to kind of quietly be the star of mm-hmm. what was happening mm-hmm. even though they had no place to they were neither the artist or the director but they wanted mm-hmm. to insert themselves as being somebody with talent mm-hmm. so they would go out of the way sometimes to say i'm gonna take this photographer who's never directed anything and make him to the new directors of the year mm-hmm. you know i'm like i would hear these conversations i'm like that doesn't make any kind of sense i mean yeah like you know you, you've been working with this director or that director or this director they've been kicking their ass their ass to help you look good mm-hmm. and so now there's this opportunity for this artist that they've wanted to work with you're going to say well i'm going to i'm going to go find somebody meanwhile you've got a whole plethora right. there no, of there's guys and girls that have been kicking their ass to right. do the work there's to no, know the craft there's no loyalty none mm-hmm. none there's no fucking so, loyalty so fortunately yeah. the way i came up and having come through what i i mean so so in my first time being locked up in florida i was literally in in jail with rapists murderers killers crazy i had so this one this one big cracker white guy uh um he was i remember he was about to he was he was being transferred to he was going to be there for 20 years or 20, 30 years. He just got, he, he went to his court date and he got slammed like 20 years and he was going off like crazy because he, he was looking for just, he was just looking to fight anybody. I, it was early when I was in my bunk and I, and I remember I looked up and he, he had said something to me and um, he punched me right in my face. And my first instinct was to like, then I said, I, I can't because if this guy's, if he can kill me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get fucking You know, murdered, so like, man. it's like just one of those crazy moments where, you know, when you're you're in that situation with murderers, rapists, gangbangers, like when I've been through all that shit, right? Then I'm, so now after going through that and one or two more times, I'm dealing with commissioners. Get the fuck out of here. Just shut the fuck <laughs> yeah. up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I'm a, a 32 years old, and that was happening to me when I was like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Right. You're yeah. gonna stop me from working and making money to pay my fucking bills. Yeah. Right. Get out of here. And then I was yeah. in a situation with Birdman, who I worked with many, many, many times on sets, mm-hmm. and and um, this one particular day, he had something up his ass. I don't know what it was. Uh, he just came off the bus. He was an asshole. We were just together the very day before. We're a cool. Yeah. Other sets always cool. And this day, and I later found out that somebody said something to him because they were mad that I got the video and this person didn't. So it was a lot of he said, she said right. bullshit. But on the bus, he literally um he was a dick all day and I was putting up with it just like this. And mm-hmm. finally, you know, um he 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 said uh i told the aide, i told my ad to go get birdman out because we needed to shoot this shot because he was a driving shot with the sun was coming down so we had this much left yeah mm-hmm. and literally like there was no time to have any delay mm-hmm. so i sent him it was like a three minute walk i expected to see him come out with birdman the car's right there he comes out solo he says hey birdman wants to see you on the on the on the, on the bus i'm like oh, fuck we gotta we gotta shoot so go on the bus so i walk three minutes go on the bus and he said, uh, he goes, so, so, uh, so what's going on? I'm like, well, we got to get your driving shot done. He's like, well, uh, I want to have lunch with my son first. And I'm like, okay. In my head, I'm like, he's, he's being, he's being, he's being mm-hmm. fucking difficult. I'm like, okay, well, if you have lunch with your son first, you know, you're not going to be able to get your driving shot. He looked at me and he touches me because he, he puts his hand on me because he, he goes, why are you trying to fuck up my video? So mm-hmm. I launched into him double fisted. 
Security's fucking right there. <laughs> Jeff Pans of the commission is there. As the bus is shaking. People are like, what's going on on the bus? <laughs> And Jonas, my AD, comes up. He goes, mm. I never see anybody go a baby like that. I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about your teardrop fucking tattoo, your face tattoo. I don't give a fuck, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I've been locked up with a gangster murderers, prisoners. Like, sure. I, like, like, just it's crazy. I just mm-hmm. imagine that outside the bus, you're looking, the bus is rocking, and there are two PA sitting there, and the PA goes, what's going on? And the other PA goes... His name is Rage. <laughs> <laughs> so, but my, my, but my point is, all the preparation of my life led yeah. me to get on this journey, and I and I and if I hadn't gone through what I went through, and especially being locked up with, you know, because you know I had one or two black friends, like we all have one or two black friends growing up, but sure. having then suddenly be immersed with having to be in lockdown with, you know, twenty twenty four mm-hmm. black guys a day for almost a year, you know, you, you, you get shit, you learn shit, right? Mm-hmm. So then doing music videos, not just for rock and metal, but then crossing over to, you know, hip hop, whether I'm in the Bronx, mm-hmm. you know, or, or Harlem, whether I'm on Crenshaw with the game mm-hmm. and, um, and, and Ice Cube right. and, um, um, you know, all these, all these gangbangers, like, it's like, you, you know, a language. it's, it's you, just you like, a- I, I'm on set. I'm just natural. I'm me. There's none of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like, oh, he's the white guy trying to be like, it was yeah, just you don't a gotta thing. You got to turn it on. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, right. yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Suge Knight, Jimmy Henchman, we had doing a game video. and You work with Suge Knight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, what an interesting character. That yeah, was. Uh, crazy times, because him and Jimmy Henchman, Jimmy is now in prison. Uh, mm-hmm. He was for this, uh, I don't know if it was for the, for the attempted Tupac. No, something unrelated to Tupac, but he was allegedly the trigger man for Tupac in the New York hit. Uh, mm-hmm. But Jimmy hired me to do, uh, me and Jimmy were always cool. He hired me to, to do Game's video. Mm-hmm. But because, I, you know, Game is uh, affiliated with uh, what Shook is affiliated with, mm-hmm. Shook came up on set, pulled him into a room, um, and it, it got, it got kind of crazy for a little bit to the point where there was chaos, there was fights. Uh, my 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 two producers fainted. Male producers fainted. <laughs> so my music video rep Yvette, who's an OG, she was standing in, and Johnny Ching was my second. He was shooting. Joel Labisi was my so, DP. It was oh, hold on. The producers literally fainted. fainted on set. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I think. I, all right. Look, I feel like I have to give a little bit of context here for some of the younger listeners. This is a time period where doing hip hop music videos mm-hmm. was considered kind of dangerous it was kind of dangerous Mm. there's even now if i try to get an insurance policy on a hip-hop video it costs fucking like five five times the amount jesus and there's a whole list of shit if you go in for an insurance policy they go uh, is there lamborghinis on set are there drugs on set yeah you so you say no to all that stuff just to get the insurance yeah 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 there's a big (laughs) there's a big deal but you were doing it at that time. And for those of you who don't know who Suge Knight is, that was Death Row Records. I mean, he is infamous for holding... Who did he hold off the balcony? Was it Vanilla, Vanilla Ice? Ice? Yeah. yeah, Vanilla Ice off the balcony. Yeah. There's yeah. all the stuff with Eazy-E. Yeah. yeah, and then all the shootings and all the stuff that was yeah. going on, man. It was a big time for that, man. So you were right in the middle of it. So yeah. that, that prison that prison fucking experience was good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Just, literally, it, 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 hands down, without that experience, I wouldn't have been prepared uh and so because emmanuel who was the one that tapped me on my shoulder that day for that right time remember she and i had done a bunch of videos together yeah. like like a like a massive run um then we had to work together for a little bit and then she called me again i don't know where she goes i i need you for a job it's to go to um rio de janeiro with flow rider um <laughs> so and i worked with 
did I work with Flo? I think I worked with Flo one time before as he was a feature of another, uh, uh, but this was his video. And, you know, he's he, his, his manager, Freezy, longtime partner. You know, these guys are, these guys are, you know, they, 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 they do, they do their own thing. Right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I say that to, I say that to say that, uh, Emmanuel knows, okay, as much as she'd maybe want to use, you know, this director, you know, or this director, that mentally and physically they're not up to the task and that they would be sure. eaten alive. So she's like, I need, I need Dale to go to Rio de Janeiro in let, the streets and shoot these videos. Let's, let me just put it this way. I wouldn't do those videos. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not prepared for that <laughs> shit. I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. So just dealing with uh, the, 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 the mentality is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can deal with it. And, and yeah, yeah. you know, it's like just one of those things that I ended up because of my experiences, mm-hmm. I was able to just come through and, and, and be cool. Well, that's part of the, I mean, yeah. you know, like it's the right place, right time, but also like, I think the, the theme of this episode really is, is not only being prepared, mm-hmm. but also how your life experiences uh, help prepare you for those right. moments. And right. it's, it's crazy. Cause you know, if you go to <laughs> if you go to if you go to film school, right, and you go, hey, I'm going to go to film school because I want to be a hip hop director. There isn't a class where they go, well, you got to go to prison for <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> like, no. for like yeah. twelve months, no, to no. get the experience yeah. that you need to yeah. actually get through these music videos. Yeah, you know, and so I, it's. I don't think it, 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 it's, that, not the, it's not the same world anymore. No, it's not because hip hop is become so some so soft in, in in some regards. Everything's a vibe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even the, I'm also a member of the hip hop museum. I'm a strategic mm-hmm. advisor with the hip hop museum oh, no in, in the Bronx. Yeah, no so I know a lot of the OG guys. Uh, I'm friends with DMC. I'm friends with you know Pete Nice. I mean Redman, the Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. I'm so so many of the old those guys, and a lot of the new ones too. But the new but the new artists they come up in a time where everybody shoots videos on phones and they use these effects that we would never use because they're so tacky yeah. but because <laughs> somebody says they're cool they use them but here's the thing a million other little directors can get the same app for like three dollars and and everybody mm. videos look the same with the astero tubes and the effect and the yeah. little bit like it's so boring it I blows my mind we i took so gina does a lot of music videos now and okay. i sort of like godfather behind the oh, scenes cool, help cool, 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 do cool. that shit but i explain to her all the time I'm like the reason why the fashion world looks the way it does right now and the music video looks the way it does right now is because there's no fucking budgets and so like these people have nothing yeah yeah and so you're in this place where you go look can i download some fucking plugins because that costs me like 300 dollars. yeah yeah for yeah. some plugins and then i'll make a whole fucking video on it mm, yeah and what it's doing is the the people that are really good are the imaginative people that are going back to like uh physical tricks and in camera tricks and really fun sort yeah, of yeah, imagination yeah. stuff like yeah. and, and making videos learning how to use the language visual language to progress not even progress but to amplify the messaging that's behind those videos you you and so 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 jake paul and thomas Topher they have these uh prism effect lens filters yep. mm-hmm. and they got these other gags I, he also has a he has one or two podcasts and you have one you guys i'm gonna uh com- i'm gonna text you guys together you should do his podcast and mm-hmm. he should do your podcast mm-hmm. because i literally hired uh, um um jacob on my cory taylor a bunch of videos but specifically what i needed to accomplish with cory i wanted one lens gag guy and he's got mm-hmm. and he rocks camera handheld yeah. and yeah. he does he has his cool filters and you'll see in the edit all these different pieces 
make the perfect puzzle. And he had this one cool, I forget the name of the the, the, the filter that he had, but it, it, it had like this little halo. And so he had close-ups behind Corey, behind the uh, guitar play with the lights in the background, creating these cool swirls. Like, um, so... Uh, he's, I would give Jacob, like, he's almost the OG of this new school. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. he was an editor on a video I had to do for a, a white rapper named, um, out of Long Island, it'll come to me in a second. Action Bronson was one of the guy's producers. Mm-hmm. The song was called Famous for Assholes. Uh, and um, so he was the editor. And uh, uh, I, I was so impressed with his edit because the artist wanted to have him edit the video that I directed. Sure. I was like, hey, I got a video I need. And I knew, I knew he, was, he was living in Arizona at the time. I needed to do a music video at the Redberry Hotel in LA, right on um, uh, 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 Vine. And I had two pistols and um, French Montana for like mm. six hours. Jacob drove from Arizona, three hours, met me at 10 o'clock. We shot to five o'clock. He drove back to Arizona, got there at eight o'clock, and by six a.m. the next morning, I had a um, full music video with color correction and titles. Jeez, wow! Christ! And he came with his one camera, a couple of uh, old school uh, um, kinos, and that was it. And so he reminded. He was like, I was like the Paul Bunyan, and he was like the new version of me, yeah. right? Because yeah. I would do videos like crazy, right. but he would do them like in in that time in 2013 time mm-hmm. or 14 time, like me, but different. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so now there's versions of him that are like him, but he's been able to take. And he's got his company's called Buffner's Media. Yeah, it's yep. a whole mm-hmm. it's a whole like community, big YouTube following, and he does a lot of tutorials. Uh, so, anyways. He's like he would be a great conversation with you because you yeah, guys, fuck him. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, one thing I'll, I'll, I'll say about Mike, I, I as as a filmmaker, very um, very much focused on you know the 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 actual end uh, product, uh, very specific and particular on lighting mm. and move. So I always appreciate what Mike does with all uh, all of your stuff. Thanks, man. I think about like you know you and Zach Merker kind of come from the same world as I do because Zach also came up under Tony Scott's company and Zach I just had <laughs> I had lunch with Zach oh, okay, last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. So we all like the same movies. Yeah. And I'll just say the name one time here, but going back to Crash the Sky, I actually literally am talking to um Jan Hammer's uh, uh manager about, you know, he did Miami Vice. Yeah. I just yeah. want some, I want I want so you're gonna get so, him so, to do the music. That's so part of it, yeah. Because there's a few guys that really want to do it, and I've got a lot of my own music. But I want to have that uh, because it's basically the the the, the Miyagi character what we call Perry uh, Traction mm-hmm. is a guy that was a big skater in the '80s and '90s who now is just living uh, in Detroit. Well, Buffalo's going to double as Detroit, you know, selling um, uh, skateboard lessons in a mall to a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. But there was a time mm-hmm. when he was like. Like the Christian Hasoy, yeah. he was like the guy, but then he hurt himself, <laughs> falls into obscurity like for 20, 30 years. So he sees this kid that moves from LA to Detroit, sees him and kind of mentors him. But his music tastes are like, you know, like from, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, grunge or, or Venice Beach at that point in time, mm. uh, that kind of music. But I want a synth vibe to the entire place. Whether it's cool. Gleam in the Cube. Remember, do you remember what it was called? Tough Turf? Y- yes. Tough Turf. Watch that. It was James Spade's first star yes, in film. Yes, 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 yes. And yes, 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 yes. Uh, Robert yes. Downey Jr., who yes. I just did a video for his son, Indio, he plays... One of uh, he plays in a, a drummer in a band in that movie. Oh, oh, oh. oh wow, dude, dude, dude! Just every time you slip, you slip <laughs> yeah. something in here. You just did a video for Robert Downey Jr.'s son. Yeah, Indio Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the? Yeah, fuck? so we're having we're having zooms, right? 
and I'm in Jersey. I'm having zooms, and um, Kim knows I'm. Uh, uh, I, I take my zooms in my office, and she goes, "Who are you talking to?" I'm like, "I'm talking to Robert Downey." She goes, "You talking to Iron Man?" I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, talking to Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, so, um, anyways, that particular movie is is. Uh, is very much inspired by 80s movies. And I'm a soundtrack movie guy. Like, we yeah. grew up in that era. Yeah. So if you haven't watched um, Tough Turf, or at least watched the trailer, there's a Marianne Faithful song, Marianne Faithful song that the opening, the intro, it's dark silhouette, LA, and it's just cool. Oh. Like, it's, it's our, it's our yes. visual. Yes. And I'm just, that's my, like, long lenses. And I, listen, if I had to say, name one director, I, I get a lot of uh, directors that I love and inspired by. But, you know, Michael, early Michael Mann, pre-HD yes. Michael Mann for sure. Yes. Uh, but uh, obviously the Ridley Scott and uh, but Tony yeah. Scott's my guy. I think Tony, I, Tony. I, I, Tony oh. edges out really just a, for me. I mm -hmm. mean, they're neck and neck, but for me, I think because my age and my, so I saw hit like movies like Revenge and and, yeah. and Top Gun and Beverly Hills yeah. Cop Two and like mm -hmm. yeah. just the way he yeah. rocks. Even even his even his first one, The Hunger that he did. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah, and Jeff Kimball, his DP for Revenge and Top Gun Two. Um, I mean, I mean, Top Gun uh, wanted to. Uh, he was going to be my uh, my DP in one of my projects too. Uh, he lives over. Um, he lives about. Um, an hour from here by an old uh, airport base and just a little bit too, like he's he's just yeah. he's physically just not up to yeah, doing it but yeah. uh, I sucks. am always going to fall in that visual realm yeah. of I love the that films I, I, I love that I too like, like Zach and I just had lunch like a week ago two weeks ago and we were just sitting yeah. around talking about about Tony and then I'm friends with uh, Joe Carnahan and, and Carnahan and I because yeah. he was also a, a Tony guy oh yeah yeah yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah Tony's cut was, was legendary and uh, I won't get too deep into it because I think we got to wrap this up. But um, I just watched a uh, uh, a YouTube video essay. We talked about this a bit yeah. Um, yeah. on uh, uh, fucking Brockheimer and Don Simpson. I remember those movies exactly. I remember that. Yeah. This is. I have to send you this doc. This yeah. is a great doc that goes into the the death of eighties movies, mm. and it was Days of Thunder that killed eighties movies. Wow. And it, it talks about how. And we talked a bit about this with the video commissioners and talked about how the producers wanted to become the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how yeah. they fucked it all. People up. forget how big Michael Ovitz was too. Michael Ovitz ran this town for for, yeah. for that whole Bruckheimer Simpson era. Yeah. Michael Ovitz created packaging. So long mm. before Ari Emanuel, Michael Ovitz was the guy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. um but yeah, so Crash the Sky, uh Karate Kids, Fast and Fierce on skateboards is literally Lit a gun going to be a modern day version of the classic 80s teen film. Oh man, I, my fingers cool, are fucking dude. crossed for you, brother. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I know how this business works. Yeah. Where sometimes it's on, sometimes it's off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, and I, and I, 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 I hope, I, I've I been hope doing this long enough, as you know, to know, like, okay, like, yeah. And, and, and so when Tim finally called me back and said, hey, um, you guys didn't hear this part of the conversation, but when I got called back, to 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 um, go check out his post house, and then he told me what was going on with um, the producer that I told you yeah, about. Yeah, And behind the scenes, Dale, what Dale is not talking about, which we're not going to get yeah. too deep into, his movie is getting it, some traction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that it's finance is like because yeah. I'm a part of a company that we do these MGs with BET Plus and Tubi. Uh, mm -hmm. What are MGs? Uh, minimum guarantees. Oh, okay. So okay. like, I, so and that's where I'm able to place a lot of this music because I'm with the company. Uh, so I'm the de facto music guy. So I can, if I know, 
we have a horror film that's done now. We need 14 cues. I can I can put music in those films. And we have 10 we're doing this year. All between three, 400K to like 1.5 to 2.5. Nice. They're called mm-hmm. MGs and they're all for these streamers that need movies every quarter. So that's one of my other things that I'm doing, right? Nice. But this one, I'm like, oh my God, it's going to come out through this studio, which that producer's got his tent up at, who does all these shows on this platform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The fa- but, and it hit me, and it's already has P&A involved, so it's going to be billboards. It's like, mm-hmm. this is the moment I've been, I, I, that I've expected to happen like 20 years earlier. But, hopefully yeah. we're on the cusp, dude. It feels this way with a lot of people right now. Yeah. You yeah. know, hopefully you're on the cusp for this. I, you know, I, well, you've been working hard enough for it. Well, we, we all have. And like you guys know earlier, I said, you got to put, you got to put a bullet in my head to stop me from doing yeah. what I want to do. So. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, it's the end today. No, I get it. <laughs> well, dude, you said something earlier. You referred to it as when you got, you finally got your Hollywood moment that, you, that that's like the final chapter. Yeah. I personally, from listening to your stories, I hope it's not the final chapter. I hope there's many more to come. Yes, for you, yes, man. yes. But I can at least end it on the book there. Thank yeah. you very much, guys, for having me. Appreciate it. We you're really welcome. appreciate you being here, Dale. And uh, uh, thanks, Lance, for yeah, being you're here. You're welcome, man. Yeah, thanks man. for having me again. <laughs>